Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Rob McIntyre and Trace Armstrong. We're here to talk about the Challenge Rider Dies, Episode 10. Thank you for listening. Let's give our brief thoughts, get into the Fast Five, and then we'll give a, more of a deep dive into what we thought of Episode 10. Initial thoughts around the horn. It was fine. It wasn't great, but yeah. at least they did not go, uh, you know... A, you know, uh, uh, shoot Bloodlines to Electric Boogaloo with the format. Thank God. At least I'm praising the heavens for that. I thought the episode in a vacuum was pretty meh and similar to Trace. I, I think that if they're going to have to go to a team's format, like this is about the best they could do. I think there's still a lot of problems, but this is about the best they could do. Okay, Fast Five. Let's get into the quick recap of the episode. Everyone comes back after uh, choosing the teams. Mariah says that she's proud of her team. Next scene, Chauncey and Amber B talk about being separate from each other, and Chauncey's like apparently moving to an into another room, which I didn't really get. Uh, or all of that was like they were play fighting, up. is what that was. In the next scene, Nelson tells Fessy that he get, did a good job picking their team, and they make a comment about how Fessy or Fessy says that Jordan and Devin are going to be at each other's throats on the other team, and that they're going to fall apart. And we transition into the next scene with Tori saying that Jordan doesn't know if he can trust Devin. And the next scene, we get a team meeting uh, between both of the teams where we kind of transition back and forth between seeing uh, the mentality of each of the teams. Fessy has oven mitts on in his team meeting, which I thought was kind of funny. And Casey makes the point that the Mariah's team, half of their team has rookies on their teams. Um, in Mariah's team meeting, uh, Devin goes over the advantages and disadvantages that their team has and how losing Tori sucks and that it's going to be an uphill battle. And after that, we get a conversation between Devin and, uh, Devin and Jordan, uh, combination of both my names, uh, which is funny, but, uh, Devin tells Jordan that he has no reason to go after him and that his goal is to keep Jordan, Tori, and Anissa out of the zone, which I thought was kind of like, who's going to fucking believe that? Like no one, like, well, I don't, he's, I don't I, even get why you say that. To be fair to him, he specified that if our agreement is still in place, that my goal is to keep he you did say, he did add, and Tori out of this. He did add that qualifier to it. I don't he think did I add that qualifier. He, had, he added some, he added some, some qualifier of that effect to it. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Devin says that Tori and uh, Jordan's relationship could be kind of a wedge in the game and what happens, it could kind of blow things up a little bit. We get a workout montage and Kenny talks about how he's going to follow Casey's lead and what's going on. And Marie says that him and Jordan spent the entire night making out. Uh, like, I don't really get like the way that they edit this show. I, it's, it's just really all over the place. Um, but, I mean, th this episode is the Kenny visibility spike. I think... He, I don't he think had anyone was under... This episode than I combined the rest of the season. I don't think anyone was under any illusion that anyone else was going home. It just wouldn't have made any wow. sense at all. Everyone uh, is in the kitchen. Jordan, Anissa, Amber B, and Tori. And this is pretty much a scene that tries to illustrate the awkward tension that exists between Jordan and Tori as Jordan goes into the kitchen, leaves, and 
they talk about how awkward it is because of everything that's been going on between them. We get the mission, and we get the... Let's talk about this for a little bit. We get the Puss in Boots sponsored content in the middle of the show. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. They went all the way in on this. I, I kind of like that they went all the way in. I thought it fucking sucked, dude. Like, oh, this see, see, is all about this. No, like, I mean, I was literally just, like, forced to watch a commercial. Like, it's fucking bullshit. I don't want to see this. You do hate commercials. So, but my thing is, like, if they're going to have these, like, sponsored, like, Burger King, Fast and Furious promos, at least, like, throw the little cat's graphic of them two fighting, have Antonio Banderas give his little his little speech. Like, I, I lean all the way in. Dude, the part with Antonio Banderas, like, I, I cannot believe they got Antonio. Is he, like, hurting for money that bad? That he has to fucking, like, well, he's starring do sponsored on this, he's content? Always, like, how much do you well, think he's, he's getting paid for? The movie. How much do you think he's getting paid for Puss in Boots? A lot of money. What's a lot? I don't even know where. He's getting a few million for it. So part of his contract yeah, is doing promotion. And so he set up a chair in his house and he filmed took, his video and he sent it to him. And also what, took him eight minutes to do? If that? Maybe. I bet it's less than, I bet it's less than three million. I bet it's like a million bucks or get, a little bit under. No, he's been in that franchise since the second movie. He's done Doesn't matter. three Shrek movies. He did, like, he made a few mil off there was of this. A, there, I guarantee it. was the second it. Puss in Boots movie, too. There was yeah. another one. The, 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 he's making some real money here. Did you uh? Did you see the ben, bananas Puss and Boots commercial that it occurred in between here? Yeah, it was absurd. I did. It was on Twitter before <laughs> it aired last night. I was like, "Good for Johnny." I mean, that's that. That's probably good money for him. It's good money for him. I mean, it's good exposure too. But I mean, on the on the on the positive side of this, I had no clue there was a new Puss and Boots movie, and now I have something to go do with my daughter on Christmas break. So I it think, was effective. I think the- it worked. Not really, because the I think the overall market of people is not the Puss in Boots market. Like, I saw that commercial, oh, and I have I no... Know. What? Really? I have no desire whatsoever yeah. to see Puss in Boots, and I'm not saying that I'm, like, the, the composite of the market that watches sure. the challenge, but I think as a whole, I don't think that's really the same group of people, do you? You're a lot more jaded, I would say, than the average challenge viewer. I mean, no, and I'm I would throw it in there, like, the, the age range of the show is very interesting, because I think you have young teenagers and 20 somethings and then there's the market that has been watching this show for 20 years and the people that have been watching the show for 20 years have kids so like it it kind of makes sense it's it's a it's a stretch but apparently there's enough value in the brand of the challenge that universal pictures decided to buy a huge ad placement buy in this show to make it happen there are plenty of people my age who'll be watching puss in boots i can guarantee you the, the the point is that there's not a plenty of people your age watching it, and the point is that there aren't plenty of people that have been watching well, the watching challenge what? for twenty years that are going to watch it that still watch the challenge. The point is the overall percentage of people that watch the challenge and that will likely watch it is extremely low compared to the whole. Right? Like I think by and large the people the market for the challenge is are people that fall out of that demographic. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, I think plenty of people. There's plenty of crossover between people who watch challenge and people who watch Puss and Boots. This is a I rare occasion when I agree with Rob. I thought this was fucking terrible. Like I thought it was a complete joke. Like in my in my notes here, I said, "Holy cow, does the ad never end?" Because they just kept stretching it on and on and on. And see, like, that's I, where I, the legit complaint comes into. Is I felt like it was way overkill, like just way too much. But I mean, if if they paid them 
I mean, they had to have paid him a couple million just to do this. Like, there's no, no freaking way they didn't throw them enough money to make well, it own... stretch out. I don't think it was a couple million. There's no way. Well, it's also like, I mean, they're shared production companies. Like, Universal's not DreamWorks, but they are owned to some degree by the same people. Yeah, I, I mean, mean DreamWorks is a division of Universal, yeah. Yeah. It just goes into the same pocket. Um, like, I don't think anyone's paying anyone then, probably. Um... Antonio Banderas is getting paid, though. Probably. Antonio so. Banderas. All right, real quick. Power ranking top three Antonio Banderas movies of all time. And I think one El is Mariachi, Desperado. I think Mass one is Zorro. Of course, yeah. Like, Zorro's incredible. All right. Well, we, should, we should probably keep moving. I thought this mission was pretty good. Uh, we can fly through this really quick. I don't think we need to talk about any of the individual matchups. We need to talk was... about the, the Kenny versus Fessy. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what we think about. We'll the talk about that, that a little bit end, because I actually think that was the correct move. Um, Fessy's team wins. I wish they really gave these teams names so we didn't have to refer to them as Fessy's team and Mariah's team. Fessy's team is the pink team, I guess. And then what's Mariah's team? Yellow. Yellow. All right. So but I, I guess haven't we'll... made that. Then why not put them in pink and yellow jerseys? Is my question. I think I've heard. So I think I heard uh, TJ refer to them as the pink team at one point in time, but I don't know if I ever heard him Maybe. say. I don't know if I ever heard him say the yellow team. So I mean, we TJ, had like these like themed cells, but last season we can't give, just give them names. TJ talks. I'm so glad they're not going with cells. That they're not saying that, and you know that that was a topic of a conversation that they had on whether or not to do that. Um, TJ talks about how the pink team is safe. And that they will also get to go to the Puss in Boots premiere, which who gives a fuck? And I'm telling you, Devin, will... you're just too jaded. People will, people are pumped for the Puss in Boots premiere. Dude, fuck that. You couldn't pay me to see Puss in Boots. Uh, <laughs> I did see uh, Bones and All a couple weeks ago. Have you seen the previews for that? I have not at this point. It was pretty good. Uh, TJ says that the winning team is safe and they will send a guy into elimination. So this is a guy's elimination cycle. They have to interrogate the four men from the opposing team and decide which one to throw in. And after the challenge, Casey and Kenny talk. Casey says that she feel ba- uh, feels bad for Nani because Nani got injured in the challenge. We didn't talk about that yet. Kenny, uh, this is in my notes where I say Kenny must be going home. And he talks about who he's here to make a name for himself. We get into the interrogation where they talk to each of the four men on the yellow team. Johnny, uh, before they go through each of the men, uh, they kind of have a group conversation. Johnny says that he, they think, he thinks that they should do what they can to try and keep Kenny around because he's their weakest player and they want to keep the weak players on the other team. Kenny comes in first. Kenny says that he wants to nominate himself so because he'd be able to like to choose he, he could go again, in against and go against Horacio. Horacio comes in after that. He says that he doesn't think he should go in because he's not the strongest player in their team, which I think is a good approach to take with the opposition here. After that, we get in Devin. He says he's pulling his best Neo. Uh, they kind of do an edit to show how he talks around and deflects pretty much all the questions are asked of him. Jordan is the last to come in. And he comes up pretty quiet, and he pretty much goes through all the reasons why he they will not throw him in, 
and why it doesn't make sense for... He pretty much goes through all the reasons why he's not going in. It doesn't make sense for him to go in regardless, right? He's not going home. Or it's unlikely that he's going to go home. After the interrogation, Nani comes back. Well, and then I guess I should say that Tori brings up uh, if she were in the same position, would Jordan have her back? And we get a little bit of conflict there. After the interrogation, Nani comes back in the house. She says she didn't get a concussion, that she's fine. We get a night out, which I don't think a goddamn thing happened. Uh, Mariah, Amber, B, and Horatio uh talk about how they need to win the next one Horatio talks about how he, how he wants to play an honest game in the next scene Tori says it's not in her best interest to take a shot at Jordan uh they talk with each other and Nelson uh oh she talks with this is a, in a conversation with Fessy actually so this is a conversation yeah. between Tori and Fessy where Tori talks about how it's not in their best interest to take a shot at Jordan or Devin because if they were to do that, potentially in the next girls cycle, that team could uh, take a shot at Casey or Tori. Fessy isn't really buying this. I'm not fucking buying this either. I thought that was a terrible argument to make, and I think it was like very transparent what she was trying to do. It, it just didn't really make sense at all. In the next scene, Tori apologizes to Jordan for being mad at uh, for being mad at him, and she kind of raises the idea that they broker some agreement where if they were to save Jordan this cycle, that he would owe them a favor down the line. And Jordan says that he doesn't, and this is like Jordan to his truest form here. He says he can't agree to something like that because at that point he would be potentially be compromising his team and doing something, something that wouldn't make his team as strong as possible. After that, Kenny, Nani and Casey talk about going to, into elimination. Um, and this is, I believe, after the night out. So we're, we're done with the night out. Casey says that uh, Kenny is here trying to provide a life for his family. We get a scene of people getting ready for elimination. Uh, they do throw in a confessional here where Jordan says he's probably going to in, go in. Uh, we, we're at elimination. This is where I'm falling asleep uh, trying to watch this show. So the, the notes get a little bit less clear of what's going on here. Uh, Fessy asks his team who they're voting for here, which... I don't know if I really buy this. Chauncey says that he's that Chauncey himself is clueless about what's going on. Nelson in the confessional says that himself, Chauncey, and Olivia were left out of the details and what's going on here. Uh, it ends up being a vote to put in Horacio. Olivia, I believe, is the only one who doesn't vote for Horacio here. Um, so Horacio goes in. We go to the dagger draw. Devin pulls the safe dagger. Uh, I wonder if he just knows... I wonder if the safe dagger is always the same dagger and they've just like figured out some type of characteristics on the like safe a hit dagger. on it or something. Yeah, yeah there's got to be something. There's no way these things are identical. It, it's just not a chance. Uh, Kenny chooses... It's supposed Kenny... to happen every single time they've had a draw. They've figured out which one is like the safe one. That's why they got to move the fucking sticker around on the dagger, right? Like it's just like a sticker that goes on it. You can like... Or just not do it. the freaking draw, which takes up way too much time every Dude, episode. like, uh, yeah, we can get in. We'll get into this. We're almost done. So Devin chooses Kenny to go in. I actually thought this was a good elimination. Uh, they have to break through the walls to reach the middle where they hit a button. First one to hit the button wins. Horacio wins. I think based off of the way this was structured, well, we can get into that later. Horacio wins. Kenny goes home. We think. And then TJ finds out, or TJ tells Kenny that he still has a chance in the game. And as long as his 
Ryder dies in the game. He is in the game too. Where do we want to start with this? Topics? Um, I just want to... What do you think? I want to start with the format and stuff at the top. I mean, that's the most important Yeah, let's thing do that. Episode. I, I want to say that Trace, like, conned me into thinking that they were going to do the Bloodlines format last week. I, I thought it. Like, I legitimately what? was prepared to Why? be just... Why? That's my thing. Like, what? Like, what? What reason was there to think well, that they were going to do the bloodlines format? Because, well, so I, I was kind of on his same boat because we knew that they were going to. We had a very good idea they were going to end end in ride or die pairs. I think Why? that we could have felt because the season's called ride or dies. They picked ride or dies the whole time when they've done formats like this before. They usually go back to the way they did it before. Yeah. They very rarely switch into teams to stay in teams. Maybe they could have gone to individuals, but that's pretty much always what they've done. Yeah. Um, and then I just didn't see this was I mean this is an interesting wrinkle by them to come up with something that I actually think is pretty creative to have the ride or die like be in purgatory basically and then eventually come back in the game if the ride or die pair stays in the game. Um, I mean I think my big issue with the issue with this now is that the people are going to be playing again. The Bitsky doesn't exist like without with them not knowing this twist is in effect. People are going to be voting in the rider dies pairs and shooting themselves in the foot without realizing it. And for me, that's just not like I want to watch people actually play the game that's being played. Like I don't want to yeah. tune into NFL on Sunday, but like, all right, oh shoot, guys, we're actually playing by synchronized swimming rules this weekend. Uh, like I want, touchdowns want to watch are, people play. Touchdowns are worth eight playing. points this week. Yes. Yeah, we didn't tell you guys this was a secret, but you know, uh, surprise, you actually won. won by four. Actually, the other team, you're tied. Look at that. Yeah, so. gotcha. Panthers, Panthers won. Field goals were actually six points this weekend instead of three. Like it, that's not what I'm looking for with yeah. this, and it's something they continue to do every single season, which yeah. is befuddling to me. And I will, I will give them this. I will give them a small golf clap for not going to the Bloodlines format and doing this twist. Okay, if you're going to do this, this is about the only way to make it work. But I also understand why you can't tell the cast that this is the case, because if so, people like Johnny Bananas are smart enough to go, well, now no one has to go home because we just keep voting in people whose partner hasn't already gone in. And they could literally for the next, you know, five, six weeks, just eliminate people whose partners are not. People would also be taking every single mission because like, whenever it was a girls' week, the guys on the team would be taking the mission because they don't want their girl to be up for elimination and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so now from a cast standpoint, they've set the precedent according to the cast of what they know. Well, I guess we're on our own now. So now they're going to be playing an individual game only to find out later they're not so it's so they, dumb they think they're gonna stay in teams that's so moronic to me anyway, i don't think they, i know i don't think they're, think I, they're gonna stay in teams bananas knows that teams. that's not the way this is gonna probably play out he's done this enough he knows There's what do no, you think they think is gonna happen that, that it'll eventually go, go back I, honestly, to pairs i think that they think that it'll go back to pairs that'll go to individuals or honestly i bet you that some of them actually think like have an idea of what is actually going to go on I bet you like this was an idea floated out there for potentially a twist for the season. I could see Devin and Bananas and maybe Casey having that thought. Can you really imagine Lisa, Nelson? Maybe. Can Nelson big brain that? I don't think so. Been around a while. This is just objective, and we didn't get your take on this last week, Rob, because you weren't on the show, and I would want to hear what you have to say about it, but... I think that this is objectively worse than them just sticking with the format that they had at the time. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, of course. That, I mean, without question. This is I mean, how they get to 21. Here, Go ahead, Rob. What's going on here is they need super long seasons because that's what MTV has dictated. In order to extend these seasons out, they come up with these awful mid-season twist formats. 
that extended things going that extend the season for a while because now we're having losing one person a week instead of two and that one person might actually be coming back in a game if the rider that pair sticks around so this is just in a way for them to artificially extend the length of the season it's, and it's also going to make this unbelievably confusing for casual viewers who have no clue what's going on week <laughs> by week right there are no it casual sucks. viewers. It we sucks. talked about this with Pat. There are no casual well, viewers. This is why, because the show's impossible to follow. But if they're trying, if but that's not the way that they're trying to produce the show. They're trying to produce the show in an effort to get casual viewers, right? Like that's yeah. the this reason. Shoots I feel like you guys in the foot well, with that. I feel like that, that's the reason you guys have stated for a lot of the decisions that they make is to get the casual viewers and get the numbers up. But like this doesn't fucking help. This doesn't. And this we, makes it worse. We, we we talked about how. We thought this, or there was some belief floated by a source that you had in production that they could potentially be doing a shorter season. It still looks like this is going to be fucking 18 episodes. I think yeah. this is going to be longer if they're going to stick with this format. If they go this format, this could go to 21 episodes. Like, this is easily ridiculous. This and could so... be a marathon. This is going to be like, you, Aust- you feel like Australian Shyamalan Survivor Link. Do you feel like M. Night Shyamalan watched the show and I was like, this is a bit much for me, guys. Like, I, I can't follow what's going on here. Yeah. Oh, oh, but for the record, I have someone who has started watching Australian Challenge. It's fucking great. There is, Dude, like, I'm... it. it is great. Legitimately oh, great. It, apparently zero people watch yeah. it now. Like, literally yeah. zero. Which is zero sad. people in some area. Yeah. yeah. No one watched yeah. it. It's sad because it's actually what the challenge kind of used to be from a personality standpoint. There's this one girl on there. Her nickname is Cyclone, and she is a cyclone. Like, she's crazy. And the people on it are messier, and they're hooking up, and they're getting into fights. But then they're still doing good competitive gameplay. Like, it, it's actually really solid. And it's they, they, a lot of the mistakes the main show make, they're not making on Australia. They're keeping things a little more straightforward. Well, I think they largely avoided those mistakes on USA too, up until until the final. Up until the final. Things. And I still don't think the final was planned that poorly. It's, much, it's just they couldn't compensate for when things went wrong. I mean, I, 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 we'll just have to see how this format plays out. I still have a lot of questions about how this is going to work in practice. I will say that I do think that the missions that they can come up with in a team format can be very entertaining. And I did really enjoy this mission, even though it kind of goes against one of the principles here that we have again about what makes a good mission. I think that they did it in kind of a creative way and I enjoyed watching, watching this. And I think that they should do more missions like this where it's kind of like physical in nature. Um, You get one-on-one matchups. I think that's really what it is. Like, when you get one-on-one well, matchups and you can get a better idea of someone's performance relative to another, I think that's kind of uh, enjoyable to see. Would it have been better if you gave them stilts and little felt swords and had them a sword fight while they are on the top of the uh, bridgeway? Yeah, that ridiculousness when they started like uh, doing the like cat things and all when that Amber crap. B started like uh, dancing back and forth, it just so cringe. I, I forgot, my thing is, if you're going to have the advertisement, just go all the way in. Have a little cats graphic of the two of the cat the two cats sword fighting like just go all the way. That's my my take. I think that they probably had a list of missions that they wanted to do throughout the season, and they knew that there was going to be a Puss in Boots advertisement, and said to themselves, "Okay, this is the one that probably lines up the best. Let's do it here." I don't think they made what, one specifically what? for Puss in Boots. Was there anything they could advertise that you'd be in favor of, Devin? No. Like, I don't want to see, like, I don't want to see, like, sponsored content, like, spliced into the middle of the show in that abrupt of a way. Like, I I, I think that, like, 
Like, I would literally... When we I talk would about pay... the show you... Go ahead. I was going to say, we talk about the show it used to be. The show used to be all be like, oh, what was the... Who was it the was two seconds. Sponsor? It, was, it was two seconds. It was two seconds. Well, who, who was the Lifesaver sponsor? That, lit- that literally went on for like five minutes. Four like or five minutes, Shack? right? Yeah, they, I mean, they had that. They had, like cut away to the, the cast members grabbing Subway and Gatorade out of the coolers and stuff. Like, yeah, they always used to have that. I was literally telling someone on a job interview yesterday that I was working on a project that will, on YouTube TV, mute the sound whenever a commercial comes on and then when the sh- the show or game comes back on unmute it so i can listen to it so i don't have to listen to commercials that's how i feel about commercials to, man, people are gonna hate you Devin, if you come up with that i won't hate it. this is not a way to get us it's not a way to get us advertising dollars i even well, that's why we have a fucking patreon you don't need advertisements right like you, don't you really don't need ads nice. you can purchase what content you want directly that's the point on so I, I I canceled my Paramount Plus subscription and under the reasons that it gives or w- when it asks you why are you canceling your subscription uh, too expensive uh, no longer needed other I literally clicked other and typed in I only get this to watch All Stars make more All Star season and then submitted it. Good job. Wow. I mean Pat Mayer right. did the same thing so I mean let's see. Do we want to talk about any Tory and Jordan stuff? No, I'm done. Uh, well, you guys were pretty pumped for it when it's about to happen. I mean, it's just kind of got. Yeah, it was lame in execution. It, it was. was that's the thing. We we don't need this like stretched out like over a long period of time. I don't I mean, did it. Like if it, if this was going to be a story on the season, it was going to be a big story. That they're ex, they were ex fiancés. Yeah. I think. I think the thing is that like. This is, like, all we're getting. You know what I mean? Like, the, I was thinking about this earlier. This is another episode where all we got is existential moments, game stuff, and relationship drama. That's all we got. I don't think we got anything else but, but those three buckets this episode. A couple clips of the cast members dancing at the at the club. God. Yeah, we got, and then, like, transition content. We got, we got 20 minutes of people walking. A lot of walking. transition content. 20 minutes of people walking into a mission, walking out of a mission, walking into elimination, walking out of elimination. I actually quite enjoy the elimination this episode. I would say that. Um, it's yeah. like construction's like a low-key low key skill you kind of need to go on the show these days. Yeah, I thought this was a great uh, elimination. It was a great, great elimination. I loved it. I think it definitely tested physical, physical ability. And from a viewer perspective, you could visibly see the progress. And you could see how well someone was doing compared to another person. Whereas with puzzles, sometimes we have no fucking idea who's winning. We don't know. Yeah, like how Jay well... and Michelle, we had no clue how close they were. Yeah. Like puzzle, right? you, you could have told me that like they didn't have one piece correct and that they were at 10% of the way to completing the puzzle. We have no clue. Yeah, no, we don't. I mean, if they had had Jordan versus ratio in this elimination, I feel like this could have been a real barn burner. No, because like I think Jordan's at a significant disadvantage when it comes to he that is. last. You need both hands where... for the wrench, man. Oh, That's just, ho- yeah. that was hard. Because I it's guess. about just... grip. Yeah, I, I guess we've just viewed him do so many construction eliminations in the past and dust people. I, I would be pretty. Confident I mean, he did lose. Doing. You know what was it? He lost the uh, uh, the pole wrestle to who? Fessy. I mean, like, come on. That's 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 not even a comparison to me. Dude, he the, won two hammer eliminations against Zach and Theo. Dude, that that hammer elimination against Zach is like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Like it was absolutely absurd. 
Yeah. He's like, I think Zach, the I other one is when he beat the guy in tug of war. Like, did he beat Josh in tug of war? That was insane when it happened. I could not believe it. I know yeah. that you guys are more down on that than I am. I thought that that was one of the most impressive eliminations in the history of the show. It was a great moment. He beat a one heart, one handed man beat another guy in a game of tug of war. Like, <laughs> I guess my thing is, is like to go back and watch it. It's not like he's beating him in the tug. He's just making. Josh loses balance on the thing. Yeah, that's how we have to play. But Josh thing, is yeah. so clumsy. It's all about leverage. Winning tug of war like is not necessarily about strength, but leverage. I just wonder if he had done that against any other competitor. How he does? I think he does really well because I thought. So I thought that editing that episode when they did that, they did a phenomenal job because they showed Jordan's thought process and what he was trying to do, and kind of how he learned over time what he should do. And how he was approaching going against Josh and how he learned Josh's tells and what he was doing whenever he was about to make a move. And that's how he knew when to let go of the rope and give give some slack and throw Josh off balance. Um, this episode, episode 10. I mean, honestly, I just felt there wasn't a lot there. I think, I think the biggest thing by far is just the, again, the twist at the end. And we had the Tori and Jordan stuff. I mean, I I don't know what you guys were expecting with the Tory Jordan's refer to just be contained in one episode. Like, if if this is going to blow up, it's going to blow up. It's going to be like the whole I, season. I I guess I'm fine with it. Now that I think about it more, I'm 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 fine with it. It's just that I wish we were getting other stuff too. You know, like I, I like I want some like diversity. Like I I don't I don't just want steak. I you know I want some sides there. I, I want some potatoes. I want I want some veggies. You know, maybe maybe some, well, some I don't mac know and there's cheese. Anything else going on? I mean, my, well, there is other stuff going on. They've just shown not. They've just chosen not to show it. Like they had the big blow up that happened in like episode two, where people well, got into a big two. fight, and there's other stuff that allegedly has been going on that has been confrontations. But they're if just I, choosing not to show it because MTV's directive is is they want a competition reality show and they don't want to show like tons of interpersonal conflict. If I had to guess, what issue I think they, they've in the past they don't they really don't like to show cast members talking what they think the format's going to turn it. They very rarely show that in the past. You know, from Casper's talking about it after the fact, that they talk about that a ton. And I think yeah. we just switched to a team. A lot of the, they're going to have to just show a bunch of bland content now because a lot of the content is going to be the cast like strategies. Like, oh hey, well, how do we account for the fact that this is individuals? Like when Tori initially was like fine with Jordan going again. I think she realized, oh Jordan, Jordan and Nisa are probably still tied together in some way. So if I get Jordan after your niece is probably gone too. So that, that I think that's why, and she eventually kind of came back around to that. Yeah, like. I heard Wes on a podcast recently where he was talking about his decision to go into elimination in Total Madness against Johnny. And yeah. how one of the key parts of his thought process was that based off of the way that they had... Uh, the way they structure seasons, he knew Hall Brawl was coming. Exactly. He knew that Hall Brawl was going to come at some point and he did not want to go into a Hall Brawl. And I think from a viewer's perspective, that kind of help makes a lot more sense with his decision making than what they did at it. And I think the more that they added content like that, and I think Survivor does a much better job at that, uh, I think the more enjoyable the show would be. Yeah, because if you listen to his explanation for that, I think his explanation makes complete sense when he yeah. talks about it. Um, that it was that at a certain point in the season where he didn't think there were going to be many eliminations left and that they had a hard ball. And then what they ended up doing was they just really accelerated the elimination cycle. They did a bunch more eliminations than they would do in a typical calendar season. Do we have anything to say about Nani's injury? Not really. I mean, she looked horrible in the ambulance. She was doing the, as Pat put it, the Tua. I mean, 
the claw. Like, I mean, they made, they, so sad. The thing that got me was the way they edited it kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say it rubbed me the wrong way. It was just odd. It was more like, oh, Nani's hurt. All right, fuck her. Get her in the ambulance. Get out of here. Let's go. Like, that was just kind of the vibe I got. And then she shows up fine that night. So it's just kind of like, okay. I don't, I don't know that I need much more time on that than they had. Yeah, I don't really, I didn't really get that vibe either. I thought they spent like an appropriate amount of time on it. Um, I just really thought it was affecting anything. Like, it looked horrible. I just half expected them to like allow the cast, like Bananas or Casey, to come up there. And instead, they're leaving them off there in the distance. And it's just like, it just, they could have, not that it was, I'm trying to say create more drama, but I think it would have humanized all of them a little bit more had, like, Bananas and Casey been able to actually approach and check on her instead of, like, all right, put her in the ambulance, bye. All right, you guys get back up there. It's kind of bizarre that nothing was wrong with her, right? Yeah, no, it is. It's crazy that she was fine. Seemingly. I mean, do we think they actually did a concussion check? Yes, they did. They she Nani specifically oh, said yeah. they did like scans and everything, so she probably got an MRI and she got because that stuff's cheap well, in those countries. Like well, people don't realize that here, got... here in America, those things aren't cheap. But you go somewhere else, like you go to Thailand, you can get a full body scan for like thirty bucks. You talking about Rogan? Like, go back to like yeah, Jay and Rogan. Remember when Jay got smashed by Rogan, and then it took the, the they showed the producer coming out and talking to him. It ended up looking really bad because the producer's like trying to push him to go back out again, and he's like very clearly, very clearly concussed. concussed. Slurred yeah, that's his like words. The, uh, wasn't there a game this last week where who was it, Rob? Someone got a concussion in the middle of the game, and they missed that it had happened. And one of the wide receivers on the offense was literally like stopping the game, telling them that they needed to get get the other player off the field. You know what I'm talking about? I did. I barely I watched didn't it. See it. I, I was on vacation, so I didn't watch much football. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Um, and they definitely don't try to show that stuff in highlights because then it makes the NFL look bad, which gets <laughs> them all pissy. And then you know, you just don't hear about that. Let's talk about the. So I think it made sense for them to put Kenny versus Fessy because they know that I no one too. on their, they know that no one on their team is going to beat Fessy. So you might as well put your worst person. Against Fessy, get it over you're with. Gonna, get, you're going to lose that regardless. I was questioning it from the pink team's perspective about having Fessy line up against Kenny and just burning him on that. They're putting up against Jordan or somebody or Ross or somebody bigger. I mean, I yeah, feel like it, this. I feel like they still made the correct point because they did the math and realized, like, hey, we're probably going to win four out of these five. So if you know Jordan beats us in one, who cares? The other so thing is, talk- when they structured it, it was just like lives. So if they just like, I don't think there was any way team was losing as long as they had Fessy on their team who's just not losing this unless they'd be really spook correct yeah and I I don't I don't necessarily think that the Mariah's team is worse than Fessy's team I think that this was just a mission that was perfectly catered to what the pink team is good at I think that yeah. this they just weren't going to win this and not all not all missions are going to be like this and I think there are few and far between missions where it just comes down to strength, and that's what this was. Yeah. I, I suppose. I mean, it feels like with a lot of these team seasons, one of the teams kind of gets some momentum, and then it gets pretty hard to take it away at a certain point. And we've seen now they also don't really account for the fact that when a team is down players. Um, oh, God, they don't, they don't, I was going to bring that up. Do you think they're going to do that like next week? What? No, you know they're going to be outnumbered for the whole thing. Like That's the way oh, they do it. They've God. never in the past ever gonna... made people sit out. Yeah, I definitely think this is just going to snowball. I'm curious what they're going to do format-wise as well, because if the guys go back into elimination on the yellow team, 
Like, are they still drawing daggers? There's only three of them left. Yeah, I don't know what they do. Well, I mean, they probably just have the two people left draw daggers, and whoever yeah. pulls the dagger is safe. I, I yeah. guess. What, what a weird twist, dude. Like, I just think this is just bad. It, it, just, I, it, it makes me than, go, you should have than... done the shorter season and kept the format as it was, because it was about to get real interesting, and now that's been taken away from us. Dude, I want to see him hit, like, 30 episodes this season. I want to see him well, just, like, here, don't, don't, don't put that curse on us. Like, please, here, here, no. Here's a don't question. give them would an idea. Them, would you prefer them to do a computer redemption house or an exiled house? Would you just prefer that to these mid-season twists that extend out the season? If they feel like they need to, like, make it longer? Redemption? There's no difference between Redemption House and Exile House, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's talking? what he's well, saying. Like, would some, you rather like do something like this? Because uh, the Exiled House was not a part of the actual show, and they only came back once towards the end of the season. I actually think the Redemption House was more equitable from a gameplay perspective, since everyone got to do it, whereas not yeah. everyone got to use the Exiled House. But it also took up much more time on the show itself. Yeah, um, would you I just mean, for them to do that versus this mid-season twist? I hate doing that. Like, I really don't like these twists too much. Like, it it works effectively one time. And it worked really effectively on Battle of the X's too. It really didn't work awesome on Dirty Thirty, um, and it really, really sucked on Final Reckoning. I think they just did it so poorly on Final Reckoning, though. It was so weird to follow. Like with how they had uh, you pulled the dagger and then you picked the team to go in with you, and then you two were even if you lost the uh, redemption elimination, you were allowed to stay around in the house, and everyone else got launched. Like it was just weird. I mean, I think my thing is, is I wish, like, if wishes are horses, I wish we could have just kept the same format, and if you've got to drag this out five episodes, then find a way to do you your exile twist. I almost prefer to a bigger like, cast. Just get a bigger cast. Maybe they couldn't get a bigger cast, and that's part of the problem. Um, but there could have been a way to do a twist where you do an exile type thing, and you can burn two episodes or... You can find a way to do some stuff, but overall, I wish they had just done a bigger cast because the other format was about to get really good, and I'm sad we're not going to get it because it's just here we are. All right, I think we can probably do closing thoughts. Yeah, I, I think we pretty much talked about everything. I don't know what else there really is to talk about this episode. No, how do we, how do we feel about Nelson being left on an island from his team? Do you actually buy that, that he didn't know what was going on? I definitely buy he didn't know what was going on. You don't think, you think you know what was going on? Like, I mean, just in the hierarchy of who's in charge on that team, you know he's the guy left out of the loop. Really? No, because, like, I think Fessy's one of the people in charge. You don't think Fessy told him, like, what was going on with the vote? Like, especially after we've seen so many scenes where it's just Fessy and Nelson talking with each other about the game? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was all for show. It could have been, but I mean, I, I think he might have just not understood what they were telling him. That's also very possible. But I just I the way I look at it, you look at that team. Who's making the decisions? It's Fessy, Casey, Bananas, and Anissa. That's why I think Nelson was involved because, like, I don't buy that if Fessy is one of the people like in charge of the decision that Nelson's not going to know about it. I can buy that Olivia doesn't maybe know. Maybe Nelson Olivia knew, but maybe he, wasn't, maybe he just wasn't included in the discussion, and that's what he was trying to refer to. Like, they didn't they didn't make him a part of the discussion. It was just vote this way. Yeah, I think it's uh, surprising that none of these people, or a lot of these people, didn't know what was going on and still 
everyone voted with each other except Olivia. Yeah. Well, well they, once, once the one person one votes, you just follow yeah. the leader because you don't counteract that or you make yourself a target. Like, that's challenge 101. Uh, do we think Devin should have put in Jordan? No. no. He needs he, For the information they have right now, he needs Jordan because otherwise Devin's going in next week. He needs the shield. You mean in two I mean, my thing... I think they messed up with the team selection because knowing how these things work, Bessie should have just put all the worst guys on his team and then they put all the worst girls on Mariah's team and then they would be skating. Yeah. But yeah. this was Fessy that was making the decisions and Fessy is questionable. He said put all the worst guys on the other team. His team. On, no, Fess- his team. on Fessy's team because he can beat them up in eliminations, yeah. And yeah. Then same thing well, with their team. And then you make know, the like, good the good people fight it out every time they lose, but then you risk not winning and losing power. Fine, if you like, so what? So if he had to put who who are the three worst guys in your mind then? Any, um, I guess from what we know, probably Chauncey. In terms of just strictly eliminations, like we just don't know what we have in Chauncey. I haven't really seen him do anything. Yeah. And then who? Uh, uh, they're all pretty good after that. Honestly. Yeah, they're See, that's all. What, they're that's all why decent. I don't think. That's why, in theory, I think that sounds good. But I don't know if that's necessarily a viable strategy with the people left in the game, um, or the people that they were at the time. But I definitely see what you're saying. I don't um, even know who would be the next worst, just strictly in eliminations at that point. Because would Jordan be the best in eliminations, or does he just have too many limitations? It's a good question. I kind of think is... Fessy. I think I think kind of think Fessy beats him in over fifty percent of stuff. Let's put it this way: If I'm Fessy, I hope that I don't lose a mission on a guy's day because then I'm going to probably have to go in against either Nelson or Bananas, and maybe I win, but it's still a really tough out. And there's always a really good chance that I'm not going to win it either. Like that. I think Fessy. If you've got to go up against somebody in elimination, I would rather go up against Kenny, and then I would rather go in against Devin. Like, I probably would have gone that direction. Like, have one other good person on your team, but then you want two scrubs that y'all can beat up on. Okay. All right. Anything else? I think we're done. Kind of it. Peace. All right. How much else? Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye.